0: This episode of The New Way We Work is brought to you by Verizon, the network America relies on. This is Secrets of the Most Productive People, a productivity podcast where we work smarter instead of harder and dissect exactly how to get it all done. I'm Fast Company contributing writer and editor, Anisa purbasari horton coming to you from my closet in Auckland, New Zealand. And I'm Fast Company assistant editor, Pavithra
1: Mohan, filling in for Kate Davis.
0: So today we're going to talk about a topic that some of us have had to suddenly navigate as more and more of the office world is forced to transform into work from home territories. So last week we talked about some of the ways that we have dealt with stress and anxiety as we all struggle with the new normal of working and carrying out our day-to-day lives.
1: That's right and today we are going to discuss navigating relationships while working from home whether that's with your significant other, your children, your family members or roommates.
0: Okay, so I feel like before we dig into the crux of what we're talking about here, I feel like it's important to acknowledge that being able to work from home or, you know, being able to have others in our households do the same is an extreme privilege during this time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that's not to diminish any challenges that it brings, but there are people for whom working from home is just not an option, either because they are essential workers or because they've lost their jobs as a result of COVID-19. And so... I think in a time like this, it's really easy to kind of be in your own world and, and feel like you know everything is awful and that you're in this really terrible situation. But I think those of us who still have a job and are able to work from home are really, really lucky. And we should acknowledge that and remind ourselves of that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's something that I also try and tell myself when things start to seem overwhelming. And shout out to all the healthcare professionals, delivery workers, drivers, and countless others that are having to bear the brunt of this crisis. I know that whatever challenges we are talking about today and that we're going through is probably nothing compared to what you're all going through right now.
1: Yeah, really is. And I also think this is why so many people are frustrated by celebrities right now, because it is absolutely a privilege to be bored in your palatial home um, and have nothing to do because, you know, you're, you're not able to be on set. But also you have the financial security, so you don't really need to worry about not being employed at the moment. So, you know, right now, even working with your significant other is kind of a privilege, even though it may not feel that way when your husband insists on taking calls in the living room all day without headphones on. Oh, without headphones, that's I rough. know.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so I'm super curious to see how you've been navigating this, because I feel like I had a three-month head start before COVID-19. You know, I had started freelancing and working from home, and my husband runs an internet-based business, and he's been working from home um, just for as long as we've been together. And obviously, you know, this pandemic has changed some things for us. Like right now, we're in government-mandated self-isolation. So um, because we've been, yeah, we've been traveling and essentially anyone who returns to New Zealand has to like stay inside for 14 days. And the country's on strict lockdown, so we can't go to co-working spaces or cafes, um, even once we're out of uh, mandated self-isolation. But I feel like because we've both previously worked from home, it's we've gone from spending maybe 70% of our time together to 100%. And I feel like, you know, I know you and your husband didn't work from home previously. So I'd imagine it's more like 20% to 100%. And I'm curious how that was like for you. Yeah, you are
1: correct. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Actually, my husband has always traveled quite a bit for work. So we really are not in the habit of being around each other constantly. Um, He actually recently started a new job and was traveling every week leading up to this. So it has, like you said, it's been quite a shock.
0: Oh wow, so it's not even 20%, it's more likely like 10 to 15% to 100%.
1: Yeah, like we weren't even in the (laughs) habit of necessarily seeing each other every night, which I think really is quite a difference from this.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and I'm curious to hear if there was anything that you expected when you both learned that you had to work from home. Can you give listeners a reality versus expectation breakdown?
1: I have so much to say on this. So
0: so to back up a little bit, I I think
1: I didn't quite anticipate how different it would be to work from home on a daily basis. And I know that this is obviously the case for other people as well. But I think just the idea of doing it every day and the fact that it wouldn't be the same as when I used to work from home once a week, let's say, or once every two weeks, that was something I had to wrap my head around. Um, But I think I hadn't really thought about (laughs) how the things that irritated me on you know, like the one-off day when my husband and I would both work from home, I didn't think about how the things that bugged me then would be exponentially more frustrating on a daily basis. <laughs> and so, for example, he tends to be on a lot of calls. And while that's also true for me, I think that looks pretty different for the both of us. So I tend to be on calls where I'm not doing all the talking because, you know, typically I'm doing interviews, whereas he is, you know, leading a meeting with people or he's giving a presentation or something and so he tends to do a lot more talking so I think part of it is just like if the nature of your work is different I think that presents a challenge even if on on the surface it looks like you're doing somewhat similar jobs you know you're both on the phone or you're both on zoom calls so I think there was that and I hadn't quite anticipated how much more that would bug me on a day-to-day basis (laughs) Which might be a common theme you'll see. Um, so there, I think it's also that I do more writing, and so I do work that requires a bit more deep focus. And when that's the case, you know what you need is just a little bit different. So I can't be in the same room as him if he's taking calls all day, for example, because it's really distracting, even if I have my headphones on. So I think that has also been something I've I've kind of come to terms with is is that I don't want to be holed up in the bedroom all day if I need to be writing, but at the same time I can't really be outside and listening to his calls. So there's that. And we also just have had a bit of change recently because we moved apartments right before. Oh all Oh, my God. This happened. Right. What a time to move. I know. And I feel very thankful that I was able to move before this and that it didn't disrupt that. Um, I know I'm very lucky for that, but it also meant that we weren't quite set up to work from home. So I didn't have a desk, for example, even though I do actually have a second bedroom in this apartment, but I hadn't yet gotten a desk. So this week has actually been a lot better for me because I finally have my desk and I've been sitting in the other bedroom, which is what I'm doing right now, actually. So, so things are getting better. And I don't think any of this was entirely surprising, um, or I should have known that these would be issues that would come up. But I feel like this is really a test of your communication skills. You know, if I'm recording a podcast, for example, as I am right now, I make a point of telling my husband that he can't disturb me for this amount of time. So I think some of my frustration or some of what we've like dealt with has just come from the fact that he isn't always as good at communicating what he needs at any given point or that he's going to be on a call for like this amount of time and that I can't be scurrying in the background of his video call as I often do. So yeah, it's, it's been interesting. (laughs) Um, (laughs) what about you? I mean, did that extra 30% of spending time with your husband make a big difference? Were you surprised by any of the things that
0: you experienced? I mean, yeah, it did make a difference. But to be honest, it wasn't really surprising. So I feel like another head start that my husband and I had was that last year we made the decision to start going to couples therapy. And that really gave us some sort of good tools and insights that is super helpful in, you know, these kinds of times. Because I feel like in terms of working, both of us are pretty used to each other's working styles. Like he doesn't have to be on calls a lot when, and when he does, he gets a choice of, you know, when he has to be on call, so it's not like I don't I don't think that we face the same challenges as you do. So it's kind of more about dealing with being cooped up inside all day, which can create the conditions for all sorts of emotional triggers. Oh, yes it does. And you know, I mean, I'm not we're not perfect by any means. We still have moments where we probably talk to each other in not so nice ways and where we snap over really stupid things. But I feel like by the end of it, we can usually have a conversation about why we got upset and move from like attacking each other to like being vulnerable which has actually been really helpful because it's forced us to have those conversations because it's so heightened and when you want to get out of it you can't just be like all right I'm leaving the house because I can't leave the house (laughs) and I don't know for me uh, I found that one of the good things about working from home and being forced to be inside is that when you do have those emotional issues you kind of have to address it right then and there because Otherwise, you are just going to be in like pain for the rest of the day, and not you. You can't get anything done. Yeah, and you'll just be staring
1: daggers at each other. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. uh, Just like evil eye stares. Yeah, yeah. I can kind of relate to that because I think I'm the type that likes to deal with things right away as well. But are you one of those people that feels okay about merging like the personal with work, or are you really strict about kind of separating those two things? Because I think for some people, it would feel weird to have a really emotional conversation with their spouse in the middle of a workday, even if they have the ability to do that. And I have seen a lot of articles advocating for boundaries around things like workspace or work hours, especially in the current circumstances. But you are saying that you've actually found it more helpful to address those things then and there.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely one of those things that's dependent on every individual. I mean, I definitely do set boundaries around workspace. Like, I don't work in my bedroom. Um, I know that that's what she says to do, but... <laughs> I wish I could do that, but... <laughs> um, you know, we do have a dedicated workspace because we now have a little bit more space than when we were in New York. And um, But I'm less rigid about my work hours. First of all, I'm located in New Zealand, but most of my work is for US-based publications interviewing US-based sources, which means that... Most of the time I do work is after normal hours anyway, and um, so I have to schedule it around times that are sort of weird. And secondly, you might be able to relate to this, but I feel like because discipline is such a big part of my cultural upbringing, when I apply it to work situation, I get very rigid because I lean into it too much and it stresses me out when things don't go my way or unexpected things happen as right now it does. It constantly does because things are changing every day. And so I've sort of decided to be more flexible when it comes to work hours and dealing with personal and sort of professional situations, just because I feel like the time right now calls for that kind of approach.
1: Yeah, I I feel like it's, you know, that's necessary right now. I I think it it would be hard to be really rigid. And I also feel like we're seeing um, that workplaces are having to come to terms with that and address that and be kind of, um, understanding of the situations that their workers are finding themselves in. Um, there's just a lot of things out of our control and emotions are running high pretty much all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so I think people do just need to be more flexible. You know, parents with kids at home, some, some of our colleagues have kids at home, and I know it's been a real struggle to juggle childcare and also be working all day. So I feel like it would be impossible for them to stick to a rigid schedule. Um, You know, even in my home as something as simple as just who handles lunch on a given day is, you know, a tug of war. So, so yeah, I think we both, everyone needs to be adjusting in this time. And I think, um, you know, the old rules have kind of been thrown out, so to speak.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Some people I know who really struggle with setting a routine for themselves and aren't naturally disciplined might find it more helpful to set a rigid schedule because they suddenly now have. I know there are some of my friends who really struggle with just having this open ended schedule where they don't know how to blur. But I don't know Mm -hmm. for me my rigidity was already causing issues between my husband and I. So I was like, okay, I do not want to cause any more issues in a time when there's already a lot of like stress. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think being adaptable is definitely the way to go. Right. I mean, it's definitely personal. You know, everybody has a
1: different sort of working style, but I do feel like by and large for a lot of us, our work lives bleed into our, uh, you know, the rest of our life as is. And you know, now we have no very little separation, So I think it's good to just remember that we we all kind of have to keep figuring out what works for us and be a little bit adaptable.
0: Yeah, exactly. Because no one knows what the hell they're doing. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Now that Pavithra and I have talked about our experiences, about what it's like to work with our significant other 100% of the time, uh, we're going to interview an expert about how couples should really navigate the situation. So later on, we're also going to hear from one of our colleagues about how he's having to work from home with his son, who is constantly around, and how he's navigating that. This episode of The New Way We Work is brought to you by Verizon, the network you can rely on for your phone and for your home internet. Find the plan that's right for you at verizon.com.
1: Today, we're joined by Dr. Rachel Sussman, a licensed New York City-based psychotherapist and relationship expert. She specializes in treating couples and individuals with relationship dilemmas and is also the author of The Breakup Bible, The Smart Woman's Guide to Healing from a Breakup or Divorce. Rachel, thank you so much for joining us
2: today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me on the show.
1: So why don't we start with your current work setup, since everybody is kind of in the same boat right now. Um, Are you working from home during this pandemic? Do you live with anyone else who also
2: has to work from home? These are crazy times or desperate times call for desperate measures. I actually have an interesting uh, situation that I I do work from home part-time anyway. I have an office that I use a couple days a week and then I see people from home other days a week. And the days that I work from home, most of my calls are Zoom or FaceTime calls with, you know, individuals and couples all over the world. So I do have a very international practice. And so I've been doing virtual and teletherapy for many years. And, you know, look, I'm, I've always have a busy practice, but it's extraordinary busy right now. And, you know, people are really, people are suffering. I mean, even the ones that are trying to keep it together, there's a lot of anxiety right now. And uh, if you're in a, relationship that has challenges. uh, Those relationships can be even more challenging right now. If you're a dual working couple with kids at home, all of a sudden you've added, you know, homeschooling to your resume. So, uh, you know, that's what these appointments are about. And I'm just here to help out my clients in any way that I can.
0: Yeah, and uh just on that note, so you specialize in treating couples. I'm curious, are you seeing any common theme come up for couples that, you know, perhaps this is the first time where they've had to spend 100% of
2: their time of course, together? Of course. Well, you know, a theme that I'm seeing with couples with children is they're struggling a little bit over roles. I mean, you know, and you know, look, if you're, if you live in New York City and you're a dual working couple, chances are you might have a babysitter or a nanny. Maybe you have someone that helps you with the shopping, the cooking, and maybe you've got someone who helps clean your apartment. Okay. That's all over now. All right. So if you're lucky enough to have your job, What you have now is couples that are both people are trying to get their work done during the day. And they also have, like I said, they've got a new title, you know, teacher, homeschooler. So they've got to supervise the kids' lesson plans. And on top of all of that, Someone's got to cook dinner, someone's got to clean up, someone's got to do laundry, someone's got to clean the bathrooms. Okay, so this might be new, uh, you know, for this couple. Maybe they don't have this in the past. So, how are they going to figure this out? How are they going to find the time to do everything? And so, what I'm seeing is a lot of arguing over what do you mean you just scheduled a conference call? That was supposed to be my time to schedule the conference call. Or, why am I teaching math today? You know, why aren't you teaching something? So, I see a lot of this, you know, arguments over roles. And sometimes it's falling a little bit towards gender, gender lines, where the women feel that they have the lion's share of the work.
0: Yeah, that's super interesting, uh, but not surprising at all. And, you know, I'm curious as someone, speaking from the point of view of someone who has gone through couples therapy with my significant other, I know that an external stressor like this doesn't create new problems necessarily, but exa- it kind of exacerbates, old, exacerbates problems. old problems yeah. that maybe you hadn't addressed because it's easier sometimes to just ignore it. And I'm curious if you're seeing this amongst your clients as well.
2: You're, you're fully right. What I'm seeing is old problems that Work maybe brushed under the rug or glossed over are now rearing their ugly head again. And, you know, most of my clients are behaving in true character, whatever their issues were before the pandemic. It's magnified now, you know, so I've got a lot of that going on. What I see going on with couples who don't have children, they're struggling a bit with boundaries, Um, you know, if especially in New York City, many of us are in small apartments, you know, who's going to work out of what room? let's say one person needs a lot of quiet to get their job done and they're used to a, a tranquil working environment and all of a sudden their partner home who might have a loud voice who needs to be on a whole bunch of zoom calls so that couple might be uh, really grappling over where to uh, where to plant their computers and how to get through the day without each other annoying you know the, the crap out of each other I mean we're all seeing the funniest memes going around we're like yes. you know' When someone says, if if he breathes one more time, <laughs> you know, so we got that going on with, with with couples. And what I'm seeing with a lot of individuals, um, I have some couples who are long distance who are separated right now. Oh, Gosh, that's, that's very oh, wow. complicated. Yeah. I've got a, a woman in New York with her husband in Cairo. They don't know when they'll see each other again. Wow. Wow. You yeah. know? And uh, I have the proverbial couples where one wanted to stay and socially isolated in New York and the other wanted to leave New York. So one has left the other. These are complicated situations.
0: What advice do you have for couples who find that, you know, maybe this is the first sort of real external challenge that they have to face together and they're finding that it's putting a strain on their relationships? What are some things that they can do to make sure it doesn't
2: No, you're, I mean, you know, you're, you're bringing up an excellent point. And, you know, unfortunately I've seen some couples in the situation, in this situation, that is really being blown apart. I mean, you know, uh, there's a particular couple I I'm, I'm thinking of, and they just recently moved in together and, you know, both of their incomes have been affected by this and they're not handling it really well. And they're, you know, they're having a talk, Right now, about whether they should even be together or not. You know, it's like I love watching couples date, you know, people date and start new relationships. And if that person is my individual client, I'm assessing, is this the right person for them? You know, and whether it's a woman or a man, they're coming back and they're sharing with me, oh, he did this or she did that. And then together we decide, is this a deal breaker? Is this not a deal breaker? And then usually if everything goes well, the couple commits to each other and they start exclusively dating. And then maybe after six months or a year, they discuss Cohabitation, maybe they move in together, and oftentimes, you know, that couple has had it pretty easy. Um, The economy is good; they both have jobs. One of the one of them moved into the other person's apartment. Life is good. They're meeting each other's friends. Their families like each other. Everyone's healthy, and then the world goes to a screeching halt. And within within three weeks, people have lost their jobs. They've uh, watched people they love get sick, maybe be hospitalized, and they're under they're under stress like no one could have ever predicted before. Especially for a young person, my gosh, these are really challenging times. And you betcha, it's going to separate the boys from the men.
1: Yeah, and I mean, there's there's obviously and I think part of the reason people are saying the divorce rate might go up is that there are all these uh, stressors that do often. You know, result in the exactly divorce.
2: like economic problems, yeah, you know, you know, uh not you know, just you know, bickering, not getting along. Right. And you know, look, when people have their own space, when people have jobs, you know, to go to, when people have family and friends, a lot of problems can be can be brushed under the rug. But mm-hmm. you really can't do that right now. I mean, this is this is the reckoning day. It really is.
1: Right. So given the circumstances and given that people are, you know, isolated and, you know, is there anything people can do to try to ease the tension if something is going on? Um what are maybe some tips you have? For how they can address it,
2: number I think I think a lot of this boils down to self care. (laughs) I mean, I think you you have to. It's like you know, it's like when the oxygen mask drops on the airplane, they do say put it on yourself first, okay? So you know, let's start with self care. I mean, you know, what are you doing every day to take care of yourself? You know, I made a list for myself of what I need every day to stay sane. And I think I broke, if I can remember correctly, I broke it down to there's a whole bunch of C's creativity, comfort, community and connection, curiosity. Okay. Cause I love to learn new things. And then moving out of the C's, movement and spirituality. You know, so those, th- so I'm trying to, I'm trying to feed myself those things every day. And if I can do that, I'm going to be, I'm going to be my best self. And if I'm my best self, then I could say, All right, what do I need? How can I be kind to my partner today? Okay, but I can't be kind to my partner if I'm exhausted, if I feel trapped, if I'm not taking care of myself. Okay, if I'm taking care of myself, then I can kind of center myself and say, Okay, I have to remember something. I'm in a marriage, I'm sharing this house with another person, he's struggling too, he's having his own issues. You know, this would be an opportunity to show some kindness. Okay, so. Take care of yourself, number one. Number two, show some kindness every day. You know what? I talk to my couples in good times about small acts of kindness. It's not the grand gestures. You know, yes, sure, we all love diamonds and beautiful things, especially me, but <laughs> it's really the small acts of kindness. It's the little stuff like, oh, I put my mask and gloves on dear. And I went to the store and I picked up that coffee or that tea you really like, because I knew that you were running low. Okay. So take care of yourself, be kind to your partner and be patient. You know, understand we're all in this together. It's not just you and your husband and you and your wife, it's the whole world, you know, and you know what, there's probably a lot of people that have it a lot worse than you do yeah I definitely
0: that's something I tell myself as well Um, when my husband and I are having struggles we just always think about all the people that have it worse because there's, there's a lot right of them. especially right
1: now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. You know? So let's move um, away from couples for a little bit and talk about friends and roommates because that yeah. also brings its own sets of challenges. Absolutely. I know New oh is, God, yes. <laughs> yes. in New York City, a lot of my friends don't actually see their yeah. roommates and then suddenly yeah. now they're having to yeah. spend hundred exactly. percent of their
2: time. No, you're, you, you nailed it. I mean, New York City is an, is an unusual place in order to afford to live in New York or the environs. It's, It's often two people in a one bedroom or three people in a two bedroom or, or, or even more, you know, and usually the way people handle that is because they're getting up, they're going to their job or maybe they're sleeping at their boyfriends or their girlfriends. So that's not happening right now. So you're seeing people really in cramped spaces with a lot of people and it's tough. It's tough. I mean, you know, I have a millennial daughter who has roommates and she's regularly texting me how, how they're driving her crazy, you know? So I, I'm hearing this. I get it. I get it. It's hard. It's hard. And you know, it's, you know, and sometimes uh, roommates aren't even friendly. You know what I mean? That maybe it's just, it's, it's a situation where you all advertise, you know, you advertise for a couple of roommates and people don't really even know each other. And then all of a sudden they're stuck together. So, you know, look, I would use some of the same rules that I have with, with couples, which is like, make sure you're taking care of yourself. And also, you know, be friendly, you know. Maybe make this an opportunity to bond and connect. Uh, schedule some happy hours with your roommate. Do you guys want to play some board games? Um, is there some shows you can binge together? You know, make make it make it fun. If it's a bunch of guys living together, you know, try to clean up after yourselves and don't make it like a giant frat party. Although that although that can be fun but you know and remember that you have roommates and be responsible clean up after yourself in the kitchen watch you know watch your voice don't talk too loud have have rules maybe there's bedtime rules or if you if you're all working virtually where's everyone's nook going to be you know so clear clear communication good boundaries yeah that yeah that
1: brings me to my next question which is um you know what do you do in terms of figuring out everyone's work from home situation? Like what, what are maybe some tips for how households or how roommates can figure out how to work from home and you know, what their nook is, like you said, or you know, do they have office hours where they have to take certain phone calls and get to have a certain space to themselves? Right.
2: Right. Well, look, I think and I think all of us working from home right now do have to have boundaries because it could seem like, you know, you could be working 24 hours. So if you do have a situation where there's where there's roommates or a bunch of roommates, I would call a house meeting and I would say, you know, who's working from home? And if all hands go up and everyone's working from home, I think what makes the most sense probably would be that everyone uses their bedroom as their office you know, and then they can like have, you know, they can have sacred spaces, like 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 the living room is a sacred space. Usually in New York, we don't have an eat-in kitchen. So, you know, make the living room the sacred space where you can leave your office. At the end of the day, close your bedroom door, leave your devices inside, and then come out, join the world, maybe make a meal together, have a cocktail hour together. But it's, you know, it's really good to have boundaries. I've heard some some problems where someone just decides that they're going to be sitting at at, sitting on the couch with with their laptop you know and that's not fair you know if you if you can work staggered hours and you decided you want to watch some morning television and your roommates prop you know you know plop down on the couch with his or her laptop and say hey can you mind turning the tv down that's not fair so you know i think that you know you guys should have rules as far as when you know what are work hours you know working from your bedroom either open doors or closed doors keeping sacred spaces where you can't work and then you know being responsible for keeping everything clean that's being a good roommate
0: well thank you so much rachel for all of your tips i think i feel like we've covered everything from the gamut of couples from friends to family members um i'm definitely going to take some of your tips we'll see how it goes
2: Well, Um, good luck to you then, okay? Yeah, thank you. And if it doesn't go well, call me. We'll set up a session. I'll talk I'll, (laughs) I'll walk you through it, honey. Okay, okay. Great, you guys. Thanks so much for having me on the show.
0: We now turn to one of our colleagues to chat about what it's like to work from home when you also have children who are constantly at home. Scott Meebus is the head of podcast and video for Fast Company and our sister Publication Inc. And he talked to our producer, Josh Christensen, about how he and his son are handling life in Westport, Connecticut. Are you protesting? Mm-hmm. I'll be done in five minutes, okay? In five,
3: in five minutes, I won't I watch TV. Yes, good. We're on the same page. <laughs> okay. Is this okay sound-wise, or do you need me to have headphones? Uh, no, this just sounds good. Tell me if I'm squeaky. I have a squeaky floor, so that's the biggest problem I have. Okay. Uh, so I guess the first question is how ha- you, How far are we in since Julian's been home from school? So we are two and a half weeks since almost three weeks on Wednesday from when uh, my son's school closed. and. Uh, it has been a challenge. Uh, is, what what school what school subject has been the hardest for you to teach him so far? You no, know, I don't I don't know if they still do it, but growing up there was always the one course that the gym teacher would have to or the football coach would have to teach. It would be like, you know, football coach gets American history because he just has to read from the book. So, I'm the football coach and I'm teaching Spanish. Like that's <laughs> that's what I'm doing. I'm trying to teach my son's Spanish, except we go through and it says color all of the, and it's the Spanish word for orange and I cannot even pronounce it. So I'm asking the, the kid I'm teaching, how do you pronounce this? And he doesn't know. So it's just been this cycle of ignorance that uh, really makes me feel like he's going to be set back for life. Right. So how does, how does this, basically like walk me through your day from when you get up now and how you manage that balance between, working a full-time, high stress, high responsibility job, and now also being a one-on-one teacher for your son. The truth that's not too hidden is that none of us really know what we're doing. And so we're all just trying to create structure. Here's what Here's what I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you what I want my day to be when I wake up, what I plan for it to be. And then I'll tell you what the day actually is, because they are not Similar at all, and I think it's probably good for everyone out there to know that that's probably the same for all of you. Mm-hmm. You, know, at, these, you know, we get these—you know—we put these structures together on Monday. It's like when you you cook for the week on on Sunday, and then you end up buying takeout three of those five days and don't even eat the food. <laughs> that's how I feel every morning. So what I want to have happen is wake up at seven thirty, uh, get have him you know, make him breakfast, get him dressed, get him to brush his teeth, sit down from 8.30 to 9.30, do some school. I have a 9.30 meeting, so he gets quote unquote recess. Uh, at 10.30 I'm back, we do another couple of hours of school, he gets lunch, we do PE outside, and then I give him like an afternoon project, like a light project or an engineering thing or something. He works on that while I do calls all afternoon and i'm finally done and i make him dinner we kind of do our wind down and he goes to bed and he's asleep by eight that's the day that i want to have happen the day that actually has happened is i wake up at eight usually because him poking me saying wake up because <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to get up and face the day but i have to i wake up at eight i then rush to get him dressed i do make sure i get him dressed and get even though we're home It's not pajama day. He's got to be ready for school. It needs to be a change. Uh, Make him breakfast. Probably I I go to bed thinking I'm going to make him eggs and waffles. I wake up by putting peanut butter on a piece of toast with a banana on top, Uh, and then we sit down, we spend an hour uh, going through the first part of the school day. My hour-long morning meeting usually ends up going for an hour and a half, and then I usually get pulled into two other meetings because nobody else cares about when my schedule is, Uh, and then I'm finally able to get down there uh, to go uh, work with him again probably an hour later than i wanted to that pushes you know lunch that pushes everything and then tv happens and that's his afternoon is usually watching tv waiting for me to get off my calls i think the big thing that everyone has to realize is there is no perfect parent out there that's getting this right there is no like if you could there's there is no truth to if you could just do it perfectly the way you think you're supposed to do it you know, then everything is going to be perfect. They're going to be a little smarter than they would have been otherwise. I think coming out of the other side of this, kids are not going to see very much of a lag. I don't think they're they're going to be any dumber because they were homeschooled by you, even though we may may feel that way. I don't think they're going to be any dumber because they watched a little more TV than usual. I think what they are going to come out the other side is a little closer to their parents. I think Julian and I are much. Are, I feel like are closer now than we were three weeks ago because mm-hmm. they're spending more time with you than they ever have been able to because you've always been at, at work and you're home and you can actually react to stuff and sure you're you know you're on a call or whatever but the minute that calls over you can actually spend 20 minutes with your son whereas before you were at the office and you only saw him after he went to bed all right uh thanks so much Scott for for talking about this you can sure. go, you can let Julian in and go make him dinner Yeah, we're going to go have some dinner now. It's taco night number two. I'm going to (laughs) see if I can make taco night stretch three nights in a row.
0: (laughs) That's all for this episode. Be sure to subscribe to Secrets of the Most Productive People wherever you listen. So, What questions do you have about being productive
1: and staying sane during this uncertain time? Let us know by leaving us a voicemail at 201-371-FAST. That's 201-371-3278. And we will find an expert to answer your question, or you can tweet your question with the hashtag FCMostProductive.
0: If this episode was helpful, please let us know. Leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. You
1: can follow Fast Company on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Secrets of the Most Productive People is produced by Joshua Christensen.